Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your presence today, that you have called us in. And Lord, we just, we come with all our burdens, with all our worries, with all our cares, and we bring them to you, Lord, and we lay them at your feet, expecting you to move and expecting the miracles, Lord. We're just so thankful. Just sing in love. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Pray together the collect. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. There you are. I was looking, looking for you and you and all of you. Amen. The army of the Lord assembles. (laughs) If you would reach out your hands with me and pray for these young children as they go off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we are grateful always for these beautiful young children that you have given to us, Lord. We pray especially that you would watch over them all the days of their life, that you would fill them, Lord, with your wisdom and your courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Those are my people. This morning's first reading comes from Zephaniah, chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. Be silent in the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guests. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Therefore, their goods shall become booty and their houses a desolation. They shall build houses, but not inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, but not drink their wine. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. I will bring distress upon the men, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like refuse. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, 
or he will make speedy riddance of all those who dwell in the land. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 90. Beginning in verse 2, we'll read responsibly by the asterisk. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood. They are like asleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. For we have been consumed by your anger. By your wrath we are terrified. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years by the The days of our lives are seventy years, and if by reason of strength they are eighty years, then their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Be seated. This morning's New Testament reading is from 1 Thessalonians 5. Verses 2 through 6. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. But when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light. And sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. The word of the Lord. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Lord be with you. 
May the Lord be on our minds, on our lips, and on our hearts as we hear his holy gospel. The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're reading from Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not gathered seed, scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy serpent, servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant out into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The gospel of the Lord.
especially, Lord, for all of our hearts, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what it is you want to say to us today, Lord. pray that you would bless this time. Thank you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks, choir. Fan, all of you. That was a good song. I like that one. So, last week, I got a little surprise. I checked my calendar and I found out I'm preaching this week. Forgot about that. So I started reading the lessons. And, you know, I I do the 730 service um, every week. And so I'm kind of in a flow of getting ready for a message. But I thought, i got to add something up there. I can't talk for five minutes and be done, and it just won't work. So I added about 30 minutes, and then I whittled it down. We'll see how it goes. I told, I told uh, Jesse and Father Lewis, I said, I had seven pages. That didn't work at the first service. They didn't like that. I had to throw some pages out. Um, what we've been talking about is uh, in the gospel messages, it's been for the last few weeks, first of all, Jesus has come into Jerusalem. And he curses the fig tree and he throws out the money changers and he goes into the temple and he starts to preach and teach. And the religious leaders do not like it one bit. And they challenge him and they're trying to catch him. And they try to do all these little, should we pay tithe or or not tithe? Should we pay a tax or not? You know, all these little things they are trying to trick him. And Jesus, of course, doesn't fall for it. Um, He's very smart with what he says. He's very careful. And so it's very interesting. And so we've been talking about it at the 730 service for sure. I've been talking about it. And so last week was kind of an interesting, and I didn't realize this. You know, you, you read Scripture, but to get the bigger picture. And there's this uh, 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 a priest, uh, Episcopal priest, who wrote a, a series of works on the parables. His name is Father, I think it's pronounced Capon, Father Robert Capon. And he wrote a book, and it's, and it's uh, a collection of his commentary on all the scripture, all the parables. He's got the kingdom parables, the grace parables, and the judgment parables. And these last three parables, last week's the parable of the, the, the ten virgins waiting on the bridegroom. This week, the parable of the talents. And next week is going to be the parable of the, um, uh, the judgment with the sheep and the goats and stuff. And so these are the final three. And, and, and Father Capon says, this is the capstone. This is when he nails it down. He knows it's at the end. This is his last week. And he doesn't, I mean, he, he really captures a real focused parable. This is the principle I'm trying to get across to you guys. Um, last week was very interesting with the parable of the ten virgins because some of it sounds a little funny, right? Why didn't the wise ones want to share their oil with the foolish ones? What, what's going on there, right? So we talked about it a little bit last week. And it's interesting. Um, first things first. 
Why does he talk in parables? I want, to just, I want to lay this out there first of all. Why does Jesus talk in parables? Well, his disciples asked him the same question earlier in Matthew. And they said, and he answered and he said to them, Because it was given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And then he quotes to Isaiah, a prophet in Isaiah, and he says, the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Okay, let's remember the understanding of why the parables are important. That the people, they have hard hearts. Their hearts have grown dim and dull. Eyes dim, ears plugged up. Whatever it is, the people aren't getting it. Especially the religious leaders, and we know that. So we need to pray, and just as what I prayed earlier, that we would have ears to hear. And Jesus says that over and over again, that they would, for him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And it's not just ears to hear. You've got to have a willingness to hear, a humility. We need to have attention. Pay attention to what the Lord says. It matters. And then we need to hear and obey. So I just want to lay that that foundation first. And the virgins, the the wise and the unwise virgins, when this talks about them, that they were given a task to wait on the bridegroom. And they came with their lamps. But the five wise brought oil. And the five unwise didn't bring oil. And when the bridegroom delayed, they fell asleep and they slumbered. All of them, wise and unwise. But then when the cry went out, the bridegroom's here. They trimmed their lamps. And the unwise are like, oh, Whoops, give us some of yours. And he says, we can't. We're going to run out. And it wasn't the, un, it wasn't the wise weren't being mean. But there was just a time that it was done. It's time now. And the unwise went away, went to try to get oil. Then they came back. Well, the door was shut. And he says to them, he goes, when they asked to come in, he goes, I never knew you. He didn't say, I never called you. He didn't say, I'd never loved you. He didn't even say, I never drew you to myself. They were all invited. They were all supposed to be there. All are called. What he did say is, I never knew you. Added parenthetical statement. He says, I never knew you because you never bothered to know me. Oh, they blew it, right? Okay, that was last week's message. Now we're going to go right on the heels of that when we go into this parable where Jesus says, again, he has these parables where the master or the Lord or the bridegroom, whoever, they go away and then they stay for a productive. So there's a time to wait. But we have to, that's just something that happens, right? Well, we're walking in that right now, waiting on the return of Christ, right? So it's, it's good that he gave us these little insights. <laughs> um, so he goes into, a, a man goes into a far country and he takes his goods and he distributes them to his servants. Remember this, 
He's the Lord. They're the servants. That relationship's important. But then when he comes back after being gone for a long time, and he, has an, he wants to, you know, come give account of what you've done. Understand this also. A talent is not like the ability to, you know, stand on your head or to, to play the piano. It's not that kind of talent. This, these were monetary. This is a monetary value. And it's a large value. They say a talent is about 6,000 denarius. And one denarius is, is like an average person's work day. So this works out to about 20 years worth of wages for an average workman. Uh, let's make a number on it, right? Let's say it's $50,000 is an annual, you know, so this is like for a talent that's like, you know, a full year, 20 years. It's a long time. 20 years, a talent will be 20 years. That's a lot of money. And he entrusted it to these servants, his servants, and then he went away. And when he came back, he says, give account. And the first one, right, had five talents, took, traded with them, whatever he did, and he made five talents more. Well done, good and faithful servant. The second one, two talents. I took those two talents and I made two talents more. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then the last one, he wasn't so faithful. He had a bad attitude also. He says, I know you're a hard man. You reap where you didn't sow. You gather where you didn't scatter seed. He just gave you 20 years worth of wages. You saying he didn't give you something? What? I don't understand this. The guy believed a lie about his master. What do you mean? He's not a, he's not a mean master. This guy didn't get it. The master upset, obviously, and he calls the servant wicked and lazy. And he took that talent from him and he gave it to the one who had ten talents. Remember that earlier thing? To him who has much, more will be given. To him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Well, that's what he did here. But what else did that wicked servant do besides just being lazy, right? Um, I read this little summary and I thought it was very interesting. I'm going to read it for you. She goes, Of course, the real problem is that the man had no intention of really being the servant he was pretending to be. The master's argument is, no matter what your opinion of the master was, whether true or distorted, as a true servant, he should have acted in accord with what he knew his master would expect. But the man refused to do so. He had his own life to live, and it was really nothing to him that a servant's fundamental task is to serve not himself, but his Lord. He was therefore a phony, a hypocrite, pretending to be what he was not. And here's the hard, this is the thing that's just so hard for people. I don't understand how they don't get this. In his selfish blindness, what he did not realize was that he had one chance to become genuine was to risk himself by venturing with his master's talent. Had he done so, like the other two men, he would have gained. He would himself have been changed. For to venture is to change. To risk for Christ's sake is to find oneself altered, redeemed, reborn. Now, there's a principle that Father House has taught over and over again. It's so good about how important it is for a man to work, for people to, to, to work. There's something that happens whenever you just get up in the morning and you go to work. Any advice he gives to a young man, he says, well, go, to, go get a job. Go work. Eric Reed's dad used to tell him every day, 
get a job. <laughs> Father Bob, Father Bob Reed, he would say, good morning, get a job. <laughs> well, it created something in Eric, a realization, I got to get a job. <laughs> I, I joke at my house, checkout time is 18. So <laughs> you need to get a job. And it's, it's hard, I know, to get a job, but it's important because it does something inside of you. It builds something inside of you. While I was worshiping here, I was thinking about it. Just going to work, digging a hole, building this, what, it builds something inside of you. Can you imagine what doing divine work does for you? Build something eternally. There's something else there. He had one talent to go to work. Everybody is given at least one talent. Everybody is given at least an opportunity to do something for the Lord. I'm not saying he's going to give everybody money. I'm not going to say what he's, you know, that talent could be different things. But really what it is is an opportunity to do for the Lord what he's asked you to do. We all have a simple task. We all have that one talent. Don't bury it. (laughs) This servant was not willing to risk anything, and thus he lost everything, including his life. It requires faith. Even just a little faith, like as small as a mustard seed. That's all it takes. The parable declares that the only thing that is to be examined at the judgment is faith. It's not good deeds. Don't think it's good deeds. It was the faith. The only thing that can deprive us of the favorable judgment is unfaith. Unfaith in Jesus. And the work that he's already given to us. He's already got favorable judgment on our behalf. He's already paid the full price. Why do you have unfaith? Faith is not, I like this definition that I read. Faith, is, it's a trust relationship with a person. There's something else there. You trust this person. Um, relationship, if you look back on the unwise virgins, I never knew you. They didn't have that faith. They didn't have it. They didn't know the Lord, the bridegroom. In Matthew seven twenty one, Jesus tells us, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There's a faith that's involved. It's not the works. In John 3.16, we all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. In verse 18, it says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. The third servant did not believe. He didn't believe in his master. He thought it was a trick or something. So he hid it away. He believed the lie about his master. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The first two servants believed that the master was going to reward them for doing work. The third servant believed the lie. Oh, you're a hard master. You're going to take what's not yours. 
dude, it's all his. You work for him. What, what are you doing? How do you, how do you miss this? And yet, so many people in the world today miss it about our God. They miss that he's paid the full price. He's forgiven you your sins. Takes a little faith. We have to believe that he is, that he is who he says he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. That's the crux of the matter. You've got to believe. The misguided view of the third one cost him his life. So how can we do better, right? In Jesus telling this story, there's an interesting uh, commentary that I read that I was really, I like what he says. He goes, what's the final message? It's this. Step out. Risk. Live dangerously. Take constant chances with your life and goods for his name's sake. Don't try to bottle up your life as so as to hang on to it at all costs. Got to be willing to give. If you do that, hang on to your life and hang on, you will surely lose it. But surrender yourself to his cause again and again. That's the way to find life. That's the way to watch for his coming. Having risked yourself to become a Christian, now risk yourself again and again as opportunities arise. Live dangerously or love dangerously. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Four Loves, has this great quote, and I want to read this to you. There's a word in there, perturbations. What does perturbations mean, Phil? (laughs) Maybe the chances, right? Will will you insert the word chances when you hear perturbations? I meant to look it up, and I forgot. Let me read this quote, okay? To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or the coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell. We don't want that. Don't be afraid to love. You know, one of the interesting dynamics in the military is that you wind up moving from duty station to duty station. And it's hard. And people get in the habit of not getting to know people in the neighborhood. Because, well, in two years, I just got to, you know, move away and break our hearts. You know, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I got to go through that. I got to get to know people. You know me. I can't be without people. <laughs> I got to have a place to eat dinner. There's this concept of being afraid. And the Lord tells us over and over and over throughout Scripture, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to open your heart up, open your life up to somebody else. Sure, you might get hurt. That's okay. God can heal the brokenhearted. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. 
Don't be afraid to start a relationship. Don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody. I know that's hard for some people um, personality-wise. But, you know, everywhere I went, every church I went to around the world, and the Marine Corps got to send me around different places, I just figured these were just cousins I haven't met yet. they got to like me. Not all of them did, but, you know, that's okay. Don't be afraid to open up. Don't be afraid to take advantage of the opportunities God gives you to share the gospel. God loves you. God's not mad at you. The last thing he said was, go. Tell the world about me. It's an important thing, and you need to not be afraid because God wants to bless you. He wants to give you the the blessings. He wants to give you gain. He wants to give you talents more. And realize that it's not your own power to make things happen. That's on the Holy Spirit that's within you. That's the anointing that's in every one of us. That one talent that everybody has is at least that deposit of the Holy Spirit. So if you open your mouth up, you just let God going to make it happen. You have no idea where they are, what battles they've been facing. I had a young Marine who came by here this morning. Walks down here and he goes, can you tell me how to get to downtown San Clemente? I'm like, yeah, go here and turn right. It's right there. What are you up to? You know, what do you do in the core? And he just he just opened up and started talking. I said, man, I probably need to come here. I said, yeah, you do. And I told him about how the, this church made such a difference in my life that I had plugged into this church before I knew I was going to stay here or marry the pastor's daughter. <laughs> before that, I plugged into this church and became a part. And when I went off to Desert Storm, this church prayed for me and sent care packages and letters. And when I came back, they closed the church, the school for the day, and bust the kids up to the base to welcome me home when I got back. It was worth the little bit of investment I made in being a part of this church. And I told him about that. Now we'll just wait and see if he comes back. And that's what's going to happen. It's not up to you to make things happen. Just take advantage of the opportunities God gives you. Be open and willing to share just what God's done in your life. Everybody here, God's done something in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Amen? The word of the Lord. No, here endeth the lesson. That's what I'm supposed to say. (laughs) The word of the Lord is after Scripture. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And on the day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures, 
and ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be intercessors. Therefore, let us bring our needs and the needs of the whole world before our loving Father. That the church, as the agent of God's kingdom on earth, will with fervent compassion and zeal proclaim the holy gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, in your mercy. That the testimony of the persecuted church will lead to the conversion of their oppressors, Lord, in your mercy. That nations will enact just laws for all their people, especially the poor and the defenseless, Lord, in your mercy. That by our presence and care for the sick and dying, we will bear witness to the value of every human life. Lord, in your mercy, that we will remain faithful in the little things. Lord, in your mercy, that we will use the gifts God has given us for the good of all his church. Lord, in your mercy, that authors, journalists, producers, and artists will use their talents to instill truth and righteousness into the hearts of the people. Lord, in your mercy. Generous Father, you have made us living stones of your holy temple. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to remain faithful to your calling. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. Peace. Perfect. With you. And with your spirit. A couple of announcements. It's getting to be a very busy season for us. This week, of course, is Thanksgiving week. Thanks be to God. Lots to be thankful for. As is our tradition on Wednesday night, the men will be meeting here at 7 p.m. for our annual men's meeting here at the church before Thanksgiving. Hope that to one's see. an important one. We've got some things coming up. <laughs> That's I mean, fair. Right? It's a big year for us. This is a transitional year. If you're a man and a part of our congregation, we really hope to see you there because we're going to talk about what's going to change as Bishop Kessler nears his retirement and as we welcome our new rector as Father Jim said, chapter four of yes. St. Michael's is titled Lewis Powell. So <laughs> it's an exciting men's meeting, and we hope to see Amen. you guys there. Amen, very much. There will be a Thanksgiving Day uh, Eucharist with Father Ed here at 10 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. If you're available, please come. And I want to I want to call out here uh, one thing. We got catechism coming up. It's going to start on Sunday. 
December 3rd at 5 p.m. And if you are a young person who is going to be 13 on or before Easter and you want to come, please come. Plan for that now. And there are other announcements. I don't know. You want to read the list? There's a list of things coming up, and we're going to cycle through the uh, slides for you. We also have a, uh, I just want to highlight, we have an email that goes out that has all this information, especially as we approach the busy seasons. Please check your email. If you want to get on the list, uh, our wonderful worship leader, Katie Sampson, manages that list for us. And so um, (laughs) go ahead and let her know. But as you can see, we've got lots of awesome events uh, in the coming weeks. Amen. Amen. No praise dance today. No praise dance today. All right. That means I get to stay home and not do the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that means my daughter gets to stay home. Let's Amen. pray for the offering. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Humbly, we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, 
Tammy, Patrick, the House family, Mike, Sean, Tyler, Ed, Sherry, Soledad, Bob, Jermaine, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you have made us worthy to share eternal life with the blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. The gifts of God for the people of God.
Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now to the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of our souls. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you, God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.